He's risen. Oh, there you go. You guys did pretty well. That's exciting. Fun morning. Everybody getting hungry? Got the Easter breakfast right after this. Everybody's invited too. So that'll be fun. How many are kind of sleepy right now? There, does this help? Lisa goes, I bought you a new pair of Easter socks. And I'm like, oh. I had a pair of black ones out. And she said, so anyway. I do have a, I have a note. This is from uh, Shirley Prescott, which is good to have her. She's been, she just got out of the Grace Point. And, and she just says she'd like to thank Pastor Dennis for his visits. Also thank everyone for the prayers, visits, calls, and flowers while she was at Grace Point. So thanks again. Well, we're excited to have you here. So that's that's good. And uh, everyone ready to go? Breakfast doesn't start till around eight or so. So we got lots of time. But uh, anyway, let's uh, let's look at a couple of pictures that I have. It's a bad route road, but at least it has a rest area. <laughs> that, that's not what we're having for breakfast, by the way. So, uh. so we got a leaning problem instead of learning problem. So. Gotta love those typos, right? Okay, I think that's all I got for right now. So, there was a man that was on vacation with his wife and her mother, and they were in the Holy Land visiting Israel, and his mother in law died of a heart attack. So, the couple went to the local mortuary there, and the mortuary explained that they could either ship the body home, which would cost more than $15,000. Or they could just bury her right here in the Holy Land for about 1500 And so the man said, without even thinking about it, he says, we're shipping her home. And so surprised, the, the mortician said, uh, are you sure? Because that's an awfully big expense, and we can do a very nice burial here. And the man said, look, 2,000 years ago, they buried a guy here, and three days later, he rose from the dead. <laughs> I don't want to take that chance with my mother-in-law. So. Let's have a word of prayer. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we just thank you just for this glorious morning. We just thank you that we celebrate that you're alive and overcame death and you forgive sins. And so, Lord, this morning we just rejoice and celebrate and just worship you this morning. Just be with your message today. And I just pray that our hearts are open. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, and I think it will be on the screen there, but uh, I want to just read six verses out of Luke chapter 24. And it says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. 
While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. So we see at the, at the crack of dawn, the women come to the tomb carrying the burial spices that they had prepared. They found the entrance to the tomb rolled away. So they walk in. But once inside, they don't find the body of Jesus. And so they're puzzled. They're kind of wondering what's going on here. And then out of nowhere, which would probably scare the living daylights out of you probably, seemed two men with light casting over them stood there. And so the women were all struck. And the men said, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. It's Easter morning. It's Resurrection Sunday. The three most important days of history of mankind was the first of all the day that Jesus was born. The second was the day that he died. And the third day was when he arose and he Savior and Lord of all. So even if church or religion or maybe you're thinking God's just not my thing, you probably know the story. We probably all here know the story. It's hard to escape the information. You can ignore it, but you can't escape it. On the third day, after an undeserving and a very gruesome crucifixion, Jesus is resurrected and he walks right back on the scene. Now this morning I want to focus just a little bit on the aftermath of this event. I want to focus on, on that for a few minutes because I believe that it, re, it, it reveals to us an incredible flip that I think we have to see in our lives. Because we have Jesus' closest friends and followers, they're still mourning what they've witnessed. They're still battling the grief and shock over the death of their master. Their friend, the king, the miracle worker, the life changer, the one who held all of their hopes and all of their dreams and, 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 and their belief that they had was taken from them. So they long to pay their respects. They make their way to this borrowed tomb. They arrive there and the stone has been rolled away. They fear that maybe the government stepped in, took the body. Something happened. And that's where they step in and they find those two individuals that we realize are angels. They're addressing him with the question, which is the flip for our lives, why do you seek the living among the dead? The question reveals that Jesus is no longer dead. The question slaps them awake and forces them to realize, hey, something is up. The question shakes them from their stupor to an understanding that Jesus is indeed who he says he was. So they're so caught up with and focused on the death 
that in a sense they missed the life. Jesus is equally caught up with death so that he can bring us life. So let me say it like this. They went to enhance the burial, the body. They took the spices to try to apply so that the body wouldn't stink anymore, that kind of a thing. But I think that's what we do. We try to make death. We try to make destruction. We try to make our sin somehow more acceptable. They didn't go to stop death that morning. They didn't go to change death. They went to somehow sweeten it so it wouldn't smell. And we tend to make our lives many times the sin that we have more comfortable and sweeter somehow. But Jesus specializes in undoing burial. He unburies. And that's the whole flip of our lives. We look for the living among the dead, and Jesus, in a sense, He looks for the dead among the living. I mean, we ignore those around us that are dying and gravitate to those who are alive. You know, that's kind of how we are. We look for the people that are charismatic, those that are up and coming. We look to be around those that have it all, those kinds of people. That's who we want to hang around with. But the Scripture makes it abundantly clear that God and Jesus are looking for the dead among the living. That continues to be His focus. And I could take you into the Old Testament and show you that God was constantly looking for the dead among the living. It's revealed in David's declarations. If you look at Psalm 34, 18, it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. We see God's heart in the story of Jonah. I mean, Jonah did not like those Ninevites. He wanted them dead. Kill them all, God. I don't have to deal with it. But God wanted to bring them back to life. In the New Testament, we're, kind of, we're confronted with the fact that Jesus is on a search and rescue mission. He even begins His public ministry with the declaration, I am here to bring good news to the poor, bring sight to the blind, Heal the brokenhearted and set the, set the captives free. In Mark 2.17, Jesus informs us that He's here to unbury us when He says, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. The story that Jesus tells us about the prodigal son shows us the difference. Think about that story of the prodigal son. The crowd... Loved the younger son till he was out of money. Then they kind of dropped him. They abandoned him. When in a sense he has nothing. The older son even shows no mercy on his brother. Thinking, ah, he, he's got what he deserves. In a sense he's dead to me. Leave him alone. But the father runs to the son, this younger son, who in a sense was buried in sin. He was in a sense decaying, and it was in a sense death. And he's looking for him to make him alive. 
Jesus moves beyond words, and he proves it over and over again with his actions. Think of Lazarus. Think of the widow's son. Think of Zacchaeus. Think of the woman at the well. The woman with the issue of blood. Think about all the, the, ten, the ten lepers that Jesus healed. The woman caught in adultery, targeted for, by the religious leaders to be stoned. Jesus steps in and he finds the dead among the living. He literally journeys through the region, region seeking out those who in a sense were dead and he brings life. God specializes in unburying people. People we want to bury many times. The stuff that we throw on them, He throws off. So Easter is worth celebrating because it gives us hope that not only do we have a dying Savior, but we have a resurrecting Savior who can find the dead and bring life. You see, God focuses on those who are buried in debt, covered in sadness, overcome by sickness, heaped full of hopelessness. And not only does He find us, but He unburies us. He not only brings us eternal life out there somewhere in the future, which is exciting, but He uncovers a life that is much more abundant right now. So why do we want so desperately to meet Jesus? It's because it unearths eternal life in a relationship with the Father. But really, that's only the beginning. I want us all to meet the Jesus of Easter because it uncovers the grace and the joy and the peace and the hope and the potential and the dreams that are in each one of us. Those things that are buried in us. He wants to bring alive. And the truth is that the fact that Jesus was unburied is a great story. It was great for Him, but it makes it really great for us. And it makes it worth celebrating because we see that Jesus being unburied verifies His ability to unbury you. Now this is what I know, which I don't know a lot sometimes, most of the time. We're all the same. Now how does that make you feel? Life covers us up. Think about the things in your life. You, you, you might have gone through or going through a divorce, lays rubble over you. You might have sickness, you might be depressed. You might have all that stuff that life puts on us. We have a lot of grief many times that grips us. We have debt that overtakes us. We have fear that smothers us. We have brokenness that buries us. And I know that more times than not, the people we run into on a regular basis want to bury us even more. Or they want to cover it up. Cover up sin or cover up whatever's going on. And we want to try to make the destruction that we're feeling in our lives at least a little more comfortable. And that's why I'm sharing the news today. News that is really good. That Jesus wants to and He's willing to unbury you. He exited the tomb so that we could enter life. 
give you one more story out of World War II. January 28, 1945. World War II is coming close to an end. But there were 121 elite army rangers that were liberated over 500 POWs, mostly Americans, and they were in a Japanese war camp in the Philippines. The prisoners, many of whom were survivors of the infamous Bataan Death March, they were in awful condition physically and emotionally. And before these rangers arrived, the primary Japanese guard unit had left the camp because of Japan's massive retreat from the Philippines. So this new situation was kind of interesting. Japanese troops were still around and in the camp, but they kept their distance from the prisoners. The prisoners didn't know what to do with this new freedom that seemingly was there. And then without warning, the American rangers swept into the camp with this furious force. But one of the most interesting parts of this story is the reaction of many of the prisoners. Some of them were so diseased and defeated and they were so familiar with deceit that they had to be convinced that they were actually free. They're thinking, is this just another trick? Is it a trap? Is it real? And there was one prisoner, his name was Captain Burt Bank, and he was struggling with blindness because of a vitamin deficiency, and he couldn't hardly make out these would-be rescuers, and he refused to go with them. Finally, one of the soldiers walked up to him, tugged him on the arm, and he said, what's wrong with you? Don't you want to be free? Well, this Captain Burt Bank was from Alabama. He recognized that this soldier that said that to him was from the South. He recognized his accent. And when he heard that accent from Alabama, he started to smile. And he willingly said, I'm ready to go. We're here today because there's so many of us that are buried in defeat and disease and deceit and you've been buried so long that you have a difficult time accepting any kind of hope or help. Jesus has marched into our camp with power and force. If you will just listen closely to him and you will hear the familiar sound of his voice calling you to life. Jesus is looking for those who are buried today to make them alive. He's looking for the dead among the living. So the question this morning is, are you dead? I mean, I know that most of us are walking around and breathing. We're going through life. But maybe there's something inside you that's dead. And it's like life has buried you. This morning, will you let Jesus unbury you? and experience the abundant life, the saving grace that He offers to each one of us. He is risen. He's risen indeed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You this morning for Your Word. We just thank You for this celebration of life. And Lord, it doesn't end today. It's a celebration every day because we 
know that you're with us every single second of every day. But Lord, this morning I just pray that if there's anyone here that just seems that life is hopeless, that they just seem like everything is against them, Lord, let them see the hope that you have for them. Let them see the salvation that you offer to them. And Lord, I just pray even where they're sitting that they will ask you into their heart and life and that they experience the joyful, abundant life, salvation and eternal life. And so, Lord, again, I thank you for this celebration. And just be with us as we continue on this worship. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.